RPS. Live from Primavera Sound 2022. Proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the weekly review, broadcasting live from the Parkdo Forum, Primavera Sound 2022. It is the Friday, the 10th, the 10th? Yes, the 10th of June of 2022. And uh, we're a little bit uh, rusty this morning. Uh, some of us were kept uh, up late watching amazing music all throughout the night. That's one thing about Spanish festivals in general. They go on well into the late hours. And uh, a lot of the really interesting acts just, well, they, they happen all day round. Uh, since the doors open at four until they close at five, and uh, six in the morning. Um, just non-stop acts everywhere, all over the place. Ben, how was your festival yesterday? Did you get to see anything after uh, we finished interviewing so many legends? I got to see a few things. I was quite I was quite tired. We had quite a busy day of interviewing yesterday. So what did I go? So I went to see Tata Arena. Oh, in the NTS garage. In the garage. So yeah, how yeah, was yeah. that? Oh, it was lovely, great. Have you seen them? Have you seen them live? I saw them when they did that showcase at Abashador's Deu. Remember when we did those that kind of introduction of who Tartarelena was like two years? It was during pandemic when we were testing. Really? Yeah. You, ah. you, 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 you connected, didn't you? I thought you, you interviewed them around that time. No, 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 no. Well, anyway, so that's the only time I've seen them in, and also like supporting Maria Arnal and Marcel Bajes. So I haven't seen their latest show with all the musical output that they've been putting ever since I saw them for the first time. And I thought that must have been such a sweet show to see them in that garage that's a bit cavernous. And, you know, because they're so atmospheric with just their voices, it's all a cappella, isn't it? They, they, there's no, there's barely any well, kind of rhythm or electronics. There are some sort of beats and things, but not, not uh, well, and, and synths and those kind of things, but not all that much, you know, and they, they were kind of playing them all. You'd see them sort of press uh, a button and this volcanic kind of bass tone would come out. But it's a really nice show. They've got this sort of, because I've seen them, um, but only singing with other people, like with Marina Herlop or with Marina Nal. Um, so this is the first time I've actually properly seen them. And they've got this like sort of glowing ring 
around them. That's really quite pleasant. It's like very effective. It's like a small stage show, but very effective. And that was, they're pretty gorgeous. Yeah. I saw, I, I, I peeked in to see a little bit of Gabus Modus Operandi. Good Lord. Uh, Gab Gabber Modus Operandi in the NTS uh, garage. And uh, it was good. It was good because they, they're, they're, they're hard bases of, of that kind of Gabber that they play, Gabber. Um, it sounded quite thick, like, like muffled in a way. And yeah. That texture of the 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 hard con brutalist concrete of that parking lot, you know, it, it really fit that kind of apocalyptic vibe that you get from from Gabber Moto Soprandi's music. I can't do Gabber. I think I was saying this yesterday. I can't can't do it. I, I couldn't do it in the you know. I would never go to a. Ga I, I don't think I'd enjoy myself in one of those Gabber festivals where it's all Gabber all day long and stuff and and trance and go and all that kind of really speedy speedy. Um, hyper energetic techno but when it's done you know when you have that's the good thing about Primavera it's like going to see a little bit of Napalm Death we've said this like you yeah. might not go to a metal festival or you might not feel like going to see Napalm Death on their own at a venue for two hours but you know for a night a little yeah, 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 one hour totally show right. in a festival you, you, you go and, and appreciate why they're so awesome and what they do I once ended up at a French Gabba festival and oh. that scarred me for, for life <laughs> It really did. It was a, it was called a techno festival, and I thought, oh right, this would be great. You know, like techno. I like, I like techno. You know, Cole Craig and things like that. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not kidding when I tell you that the drum and bass tent was the most relaxed tent. Oh my music. god! And we camped right next to. I think when we camped, it wasn't going well. Actually, I can't remember if we camped next to uh, a massive sort of. Well, no, quite small, but like very, very hardcore Gabba tent. Or if we camped and they came along and set up their very hardcore Gabba tent next to us because it was like an illegal uh, free festival thing. And good God, the, the funny thing was, I went for one night and actually quite enjoyed it. And I went with a couple of friends who stayed for two nights, and they came back. They're like, "That was the worst thing in the world." I've got save me, save me. And I was like, yeah, it, was, "It was all right, one night, wasn't it?" They're like, "No, no, no, you, it got apocalyptic." I was like, "All right." Well, it, it I felt the same. Th it, it's not as fast, but it was pretty hard. I I went to see a little bit of High's DJ set, uh, and it was very late in the night. It was maybe four. No, it was after John Talabot, which I missed. Um, uh, she started at two thirty. Okay, so I guess I I I, I got there. At about three and it was just like booming like boom 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 like dry sort yeah. of booms no not not i was expecting that kind of uh, um, sort of a bit of psychedelic melancholy melody kind of a la john hopkins like that track that she made with him um ascending all the time or i can't remember the title but anyway something like that and it, no, it was like proper hard and i wasn't in the mood for it because you know when you see loads of people especially people from no, not from Spain who are maybe not so used to those late hours at a festival, especially if they come and they've as got early, a bit early as four. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they and they might have peaked booze-wise uh, at 11. And also they're like on the floor, uh, scattered around this 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 floor in front of the dice stage where High was DJing. And I, th I was like getting really tired, like, like just from the vibe of like all these people yeah, scattered yeah, around yeah. the floor. And it's like, yeah, I better make it, make my way home. Otherwise, you know, getting out of the forum takes you like an hour and a half. I, I had similar thoughts because I went to see Gorillas, and then um, basically my wife left and, and wanted to go home. And I was like, right, okay, okay, I'll, I'll go with you to the entrance or whatever, you know, because there's so so many people. And I thought I'll, I'll just do that. And also, I'd, I'd seen Gorillas the weekend before, and I was enjoying them. But I was like, you know, yeah. I thought, right, and then I'll come back for Dua Lipa. But like walking past, 
there were so many people like coming to see Dua Lipa and I was like woof okay that's uh, quite impressive oh you know I did see they were really good Big Thief Oh, every, uh, everyone in the in RPS was watching and some people cried as well, no? Like, was it really emotional? I was with Rob and David and they didn't cry, I think. But like, Rob really, really liked the guitar pedals. And then they <laughs> went and saved someone who'd collapsed. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, some, Nacho said that someone got saved, no? Or, or Ah, but what? Rob and, and David saved someone, our yeah, technicians. Yeah, yeah. God, they, they really are superheroes. Shout out to our, our technicians, Andre, Nato, Rob, and David, and Junji, who left his keys at the radio and had to come all the way back after getting to his house and not being able to open the door. There's been lots of casualties on the RPS team. Uh, you yeah, notice, you'll notice that this, this, there's a lot of male, heterosexual male voices this morning, and we're missing our, 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 our shining light, our beacon of hope. Uh, Marvai Verdu went to see Bad Gal and got so excited that she kind of sprained her ankle apparently. So uh, shout I, out to Mar. Did I not tell you no good would come of Bad Gal? Uh, did I not tell you? <laughs> it's like, Mar, that's what you get you. for... Was she twerking? We want to know more. I mean, was, was she being irresponsible? Was she getting too carried away with, with the Bad Gal magic? Uh, these things tend to happen. Festivals, sometimes, you know, there's, there's obstacles, there's little, you know, some of the grounds, it's not like straight ground. And it's not too bad. It's not like being in an open field like in some some of the festivals that happen in more in nature. This has a lot of concrete asphalt and stuff, so but you can still, yeah, sprain your ankle on on straight on hard floor. Another thing that I was very pleasantly I I, I enjoyed a lot was Charlie XCX. I managed to see I heard her. good things. I didn't see it, but I had very... And, and that was in... Was that at the... Uh, Toes stage toes. this time. I've seen a lot of good things on Toes. Like a yes. Really, it's a really nice place, isn't it? Like, what was it? Like, big crowds? Kind of reason? Very big crowd, but comfortable. Not not crammed like last Thursday when she was playing the one of the big stages. Uh, it was either Pull and Bear or, or Straya Dam. No, no, no. She was playing the, the Toes one, so... Because it's a little bit further away on the out on the beach, maybe not that many people concentrate there. But there wasn't there was enough of a party going on, you know, from the front from the front of house desk to the stage that was all crammed. People were losing it. She did a really good show, and I I appreciated that she does use a lot of she does do a lot of playback. But because she does she dances she's dancing all the time. So I think it just comes with the package. It's a that, show, isn't it? It's, it's like, a pop show. It's like if you were to sort of look like not a move right. If, if you do a playback and then you just sort of stand there pretending yeah. you're playing, then like what's yeah. the point? But if you're actually putting on a proper pop show, exactly. I'm, 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 I'm very much up, up for it, you know. And I have to say I, I enjoyed her set more being a, a, a pop show. I enjoyed her more than Dua Lipa's. I mean, I'd, I only I only stuck around for the three, three first songs, but I I didn't engage with what Dua was doing, and I think she's fantastic, a great performer. But mm, I I wasn't feeling it. But that's me, you know. And, and a festival sometimes it's it's all in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? It's not really the artist's fault sometimes. Was it really really packed? Oh yes, it was. Mm. Oh, you know, oh, she was she was the headline, one of the headliners last night. It was packed, but it was. But it was uh, manageable. You could sort of go on the fringes and move around if you wanted to, you know, go to one of the bars and stuff. Um, what did you? What were your interviewing highlights yesterday? I mean, they're all good. They're all good. But what did? How did you feel? Like we had some some great interviews yesterday. We had some very good interviews yesterday. I mean, Alex Cameron was a dream to chat to. It was nice letting Mar lead, you know, because she, she she obviously she she was under the spell like all of our. 
all of he's our a, colleagues here at RPS. Man, he's a very good looking young man and he's very sensitive and the way he speaks and, he's, and the way he carries himself. And watching a little bit of his set live, you know, because he came out with a double-breasted jacket, it reminded me of someone that I... Uh, it's just <laughs> in my on, mission. If I don't on. name drop him, he reminded me of Julio Iglesias, you know, this wonderful doomed romantic, you know, who, who's always searching for the, for a love that that never reaches or stuff. Well, that's the vibe he talents, channels through his persona. It also reminded me a little bit of Father John Misty, how we've always talked about these singer-songwriters who who create these personas, you know, with different albums or, well, Father John Misty's been consistent with the Father John Misty character, but Alex, um, Alex Cameron kind of does different characters, different personas with each album. And it doesn't, but it's still him. It still feels natural and organic. So... I liked uh, what I saw of his uh, live, and I love the interview. I, I gotta say, right, um, I didn't realize this. Like how I know, obviously, I know you can hear the interviews outside, but I don't know if they did something with the sound yesterday, and you could hear them from quite far. I think I told you this, didn't I? Like I was, I was over there just wandering over to the Binance stage, and I could hear you and Ma interviewing Alex Cameron from like quite far wow. away, and, was, and like literally, someone sort of saw you were interviewing him, and ah. like, oh my god, and came running. Oh no, my! So yeah, anyone you can you can come and watch us interview people. We really like it. Yeah, I I loved sitting in with you on ride watching you fanboy oh out. Oh my god! With yeah. Mark Gardner, talks um, about my funeral, which is. <laughs> did they did they play Vapor Trail? Obviously, did you manage to see it? They did. And yeah. how long before I left? Uh, this, it was like a couple of songs after. Oh, okay, okay. But well, you had you had to go. That's all right. I had to go because uh, I had the privilege of interviewing one of my favorite bands, uh, Interpol, who headline, one, was one of last night's headliners. They came by our studio and uh, they, were, they were very delightful. They We talked a little bit about their upcoming new release, The Other Side of Make Believe, which will be out in mid-June, mid-July, sorry. And, um, and uh, I forgot to ask them about how their show at Apollo was the ne previous night. So what I saw of them playing the main stage here is that they kind of kept it safe as they usually do at festivals they explained this during the interview that they kind of feel the responsibility not to not be too self-indulgent and not only please the hardcore fans but try and please the casual the casual um followers of the band so they did play a kind of a greatest hits sprinkled in with recent tracks from their previous album marauder and uh, they played two of the new singles that they've released so it was a good show. It was a good show. It was, it was you know, what you expect from Interpol. There were no new surprises or anything. They, they, they still sound tight. They still look incredibly sharp on stage with their dark suits, their black suits and stuff. And, you know, for Interpol lovers, it, it was, you know, we got what we asked for, like what happened with you at Ride last Wednesday, no? When you were saying that it's nice to get what you expect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and were they, have you interviewed them before, Interpol? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and they and, and we've we've developed a bit of a uh, not a, I wouldn't say a friendship, but they you know they always remember and they're always very courteous and kind and they're always eager to speak. But um, what the, what someone else told me is that the gig that they played at Apollo and this is becoming kind of a little tradition. Whenever Interpol come to play Primavera Sound, if it fits their agenda, they will play Apollo the night before to play a nice small club show. And apparently there they did sort of take risks with their set list and play some more lesser known or lesser obvious uh, songs than their, you know, than their whole long list of hits that they have from, from all their albums. So I wish I would have been able to have seen that. Uh, I, and I'd like to speak to more people who went to tell me exact, the exact set list and stuff, see if we can get it anywhere. 
Do you, do you know what I like? Do you remember, uh, I think it was 2019, Suede played here. And they played yes. one like normal set and they played one set playing their, their new album with the film behind it. And I thought that was a really good idea because that was like in the auditorium. In the auditorium. Mm. And I missed that. Uh, so did I. But um, I, I just really like the idea because it was like, okay, well, we, we've got the greatest hit set that we can roll out for, um, you know, for festivals. Yeah. But also we want to do this kind of different thing. And if you want to come and sit, you know, yeah. if you want to see this, fine. If you want to yeah. come sit. It's like Ride. Like, I mean, I, I felt so privileged, as you probably got the, the impression, that they were playing their two first albums. You know, it would have been so easy for them to do the same set both times. Yeah. Um, and they did not. It was like, oh my God, they're... they're Second album, then their first one, and I, I just really, really, really enjoyed it. That was, and they were so nice to interview as well. Yeah, lovely taps, lovely, very delightful. And I was, I was, I, I, it caught my ear when they said that it was actually Primavera Sound who said this year they suggested that they come and play nowhere. It was nowhere, yeah. Well, they played. Uh, I, I think they were they've been touring nowhere. Oh, okay. Um, and but it was Primavera Sound that suggested they come and play that and the second album. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Ah, and that's why they did Pablo Español. They played. What's the name of the? Oh, going blank again. Sorry. Going blank again. I went blank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. You went blank. Wait, again. let's do this again. They played. Going blank again. I know I'm going blank, but what's the name of the album? Uh, 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 see what I did? I was if I imagine if I would have done it the first time, it would have been like, oh, they're so fast and witty, these boys. Uh, not not after the amount of sleep we've had. Oh, uh, but I, I I got home so late. I, I I tried my best to get home early, but it's just really hard to leave when there's just so many great acts. I caught a lit. This is what happened, right? So I I'm I'm making my way to the production area to try and get a runner to take me back into the center. You know, for the crew, uh, they, we've got runners for for the people who work, so that we can go to bed as early as possible because we've got to be back early here the next day, right? Anyway, uh, and I'm passing by and I'm hearing this tune, that lovely um, is it Opal? Yeah, Opal. by Bicep. Uh, is it Opal or Opus? Oh no, Opus is Eric Pride. Uh, Opal, Opal. Because I, I was DJ the the Fortet remix, and I'm like, oh, I know this. And I, and I went and obviously the Cooper stage, it was crammed yeah. to the brim and it was bicep with a very, very beautiful stage lighting setup, like these sort of blo neon blocks, these large blocks which filled the stage and they were sort of small in the middle at the top of them. So it was a very visual experience and musically it was also very, it's the kind of electronica that I like, that kind of ravey and, and but with a bit of a melancholy melody here and there. Uh, it's yeah, that's my kind of you know a little bit border community ish. You you, you I remember you you shared that meme uh, based on that review you said of them. What was it you said that they were a knife factory in the age of soup? Something like knife. What was it? Knife merchants in the age of soup or knife manufacturers in the age? Of, no, because that album came out during the pandemic and they were like making this, you know, gigantic, fast, like open air field rave album. Exactly, we, exactly, and. Um, I mean, what I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done. It, I just thought it was quite, quite funny, and um, seeing them in in the open air like this was absolutely perfect. Did they give off strong orbital vibes? That's what yes. I guess. Yeah, that's a very orbital, very orbitally, um, very John Hopkinsy as well. You know how he's he also gets a little bit. Um, yeah, he's got those sort of sad melodies. Not sad, but yeah, melancholy, melancholy vibes, but. But where you're like oh, ascending all the time with each track, that was really good. So that sort of delayed my my departure from the forum, and I ended up coming home at six in the morning, much to my partner's mm, myth. But you came home sober. 
Yes, yes, and it and it worked. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna teetotal the rest of the festival. Really? Yeah, because uh, you, I have more energy because there's so much to walk, and it, and all of a sudden it wasn't a problem to go all the way to the bits area or down on the beach. It's like you know what? I've got the energy. Yeah. And I even came cycling today, thinking if I can pull this off again, you know, with the help of Red Bull. Uh, that's a little bit of a free endorsement. I'm not getting paid for that, sorry. But anyway, it's the energy drink. They've given us lots of free Red Bull, so yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, we come on, we'll give pay you back the favor. Um, they, it actually works. I only had two, and I couldn't sleep. I was like an owl uh, eating ceiling, as they say in Spanish. Comiendo teto on the basic on the back of two energy drinks, which I'd had in the afternoon. Damn, that stuff is strong, boy. Yeah, when you get to two, I always get a bit twitchy. Yeah, you 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 cane them on a daily basis. No, no, no. How do you I do used it? to. I used to. Oh, um, you've you've quit the habit. Yeah, I tell you what happened. Basically, I uh, a place I used to work ages ago. For some reason, we got a Red Bull fridge. Yeah, and. Um, it got to the, the sort of stage where if when I was tired, I'd go and get Red Bull and then like I'd have one and then like have two. And then after a while, I was just like, oh, this is not good. This is not. And then here, I started doing it again for a bit. But then I was like, no, tell you what, how about you just have a, you know, have a cup of tea instead. You know, yeah. honestly, at times I was just like, I want, you know, you're like, I want something to do. I want some taste or something like that. And you're like, Red Bull. And... Yeah, it was a bit harsh. I haven't had one here yet, actually. Really? Mm, We've got a fridge full of it. You haven't felt the temptation, that lovely blue and silver can looking at you gleaming? I have felt the temptation. I have felt the temptation, but uh, I've resisted so far. Maybe tonight will be the night. Well, you're having you're having very good rest. You have the hotel room all to yourself because <laughs> I'm trying to be a good part and hub, hubby and going home to try and, you know, help with the morning chores, you know, the baby changing diapers and stuff, but it's backfiring badly. It's, Obviously. I'm not gaining any points. I feel like, you know... People who 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 are always in debt, and no matter how hard they work, they're just paying constant debts. Well, I feel the same way with like wife points. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, there's just no way of like cleaning my slate. I'm still like way below the line. But that's fest- working at festivals, isn't it? Being a professional, you have to be here hours. You've got to watch shows because you've got to have stuff to talk about and and assess and create context for the rest of the year. It's very true. What? So, um, I tell you one thing. I really liked yesterday. I've got to say is that we had. Um, Two, well, a, a number of like really fresh pop acts, but uh, with Griff, which you weren't in on, on the. No, I wasn't in, uh, but she seemed very delightful. I listened from the outside. She was absolutely charming. And also, you just get the impression that, yeah, this is going to be a big, big pop star. Because the funny thing was, like, we had a lot of people watching our ride interview, and I was like, ah, oh, nice, all right, cool. And then a lot. And a lot of them hung around for Griff. And I was like, oh, oh, maybe. They were waiting to get have a good spot to see her first I mean, there time. were some hardcore ride fans. Like yeah. the, someone who had his, his um, Oh, yeah, his vinyl. I got him to oh, get it nice signed. I, I got him back. Yeah, you know what? I was going to bring in my pavement records to get him signed. And, that, and you that, didn't. You forgot, you muppet. Yeah, I know. well, I thought, no, let's be professional. I'm not going to get you. But yeah, they, they, but they, they appreciate it. They appreciate fans who bring a vinyl. Because it's uncomfortable to carry a vinyl all, all afternoon. I mean, we've got a little office here but still yeah it's pretty warm but when a fan does it and they're going to be out there all the time carrying this tote bag and yeah uh, i think artists always appreciate signing a vinyl so more than taking a selfie yeah i so i think griff is going to be is is going to be really big she's really really interesting kind of person as well like um I, i i find people at that level of music well obviously they've had lots of success yeah um, but they're on the up and up, and like she, I, I didn't realize this until well, until I started doing the research. She won the Brit Award for uh, is it the, the the rising star or hot tip or whatever it is, which is pretty impressive. Um, and uh, she she's she's done really really well. It was a really really nice person. Also, I think I told you this. Like she was so pro. She was like, 
what, what, what are your names again? Ben, Ma. And uh, like later on, she asked us questions like using our names. She's like, so Ma, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Ben, what's your wow. favorite? And I was like, you know what? Like, that's just being nice. Yeah. That's really, really, really nice. And But, uh, but, but, I'm going to do it again. Julio Iglesias oh, wrote Jesus. the book on this. He would do background checks on every <laughs> journalist he was going to meet for interviews. And that way he would find out personal stuff. So if, say, a journalist had a, a, a family relative who was ill in hospital or something, he'd ask, it's like, oh, you're Ramon, right? I heard that your auntie's not feeling very well. How's she doing? Oh, I, 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 uh, you know, I hope the best for her. Anyway, how are you doing? How is it writing for, I love your newspaper, that, this kind of stuff. And even though he does it to be likable and, and, and influence the journalist's pen at the hour of sitting down in front of the typewriter, he does do it out of an... It, it's still nice to be nice to people. You know, it's not like you're being calculated and manipulative. So in the in Griff's case, I could feel through the... Watching her through the glass, I could see that it's earnest. It's not like a PR move of, I'm going to be super nice and memorize these journalist names. It, it just felt natural. No, that, that's the thing. I'm certainly not saying it, it was... It was calculated in any way it was just like it was it was a really nice thing um really nice thing to, and i felt like we could have talked for absolutely ages in fact that's something i've got with a lot of our in interviewees like um let's see grandma were a really good example i reckon yeah. i could have, i felt like i could have sat down with them few few kind of uh glasses of white wine and just have a bit of a chat you know who else i think is going to be really big and who's coming in for an interview in 35 minutes who Priya Raghu. Oh, but we we spoke about her like a year ago. Wonderful, because she she's from Switzerland or based in Switzerland, yeah, if Swiss I remember Tamil. correctly. And she does a kind of a very fresh R and B with a bit. Is it a bit housey? Does she have a little bit of house in there? No, uh, no. It's, it's like, but it does have it's R and B. It's like, but with a slight Tamil influence, which is which is pretty cool. That's it. She's got Sri Lankan origins, or her her parents are yeah, Sri Lankan, yeah. but she was born or at least grew up in, in Switzerland. That's it. That's it. Um, she looks like a very delightful person. I'm really looking forward to interviewing her and, and, and learning more about her and her, her career so far. You mm. were the one that introduced her. I remember we were going through the bill and yeah. um, the, the Primavera lineup and you said, look, I found Priya Raghu. How did you find it? Well, I was just going through the lineup and thinking, okay, I'm going to pick the names that I just haven't heard about. And then I saw, okay, who's Priya Raghu? And, and, and immediately just fell in love with one of the singles that I, the first thing I listened to from her. I thought, wow, this is good. She's, she's got something that d distinguishes her. It's the Tamil touch. I don't know what it is. But speaking of which, uh, and when we were doing all these radio showcases of bands that are, that are playing Primavera. Uh, someone you got to interview yesterday. How was your time with Sofia Cortez? Oh, she is so cool. She is yeah, so, right? so, so cool. Like the nicest kind of person. Um, it was one of those things that, that um, I really... Like, okay, she, she makes dance music, which is obviously something I, I really like. Yeah. But there's a lot of heart behind it. Yeah. And there's stories behind it. And, and you know, like her, her uh, Fresia Magdalena EP, which yeah. she released here last year, was, you know, in the press material, kind of, you know, told the story about how she'd started making it um, when she was looking after her dad, then her, her dad died, and, and like oh. Fresia and then her mother. So it's like very, very sort of familiar. And I kind of felt a bit bad about asking about, uh, asking about it, but no, she yeah. like, was very happy to speak about it. Um, and very, very kind of genuine. And also, you know, she seemed like really, really pleased to be playing here and really kind of happy and really, she was saying like, yeah, I've got like seven friends here. Maybe there'll only be seven people at the gig. I was like, no, there's going to be quite a few people at the gig. Don't, don't worry about that. And just like a, a, a lovely, lovely person. And I, she revealed exclusively 
she's got an album coming out. Nice. I mean, you know, all right. And will it be out by this summer? Did she say any I dates? I don't think so. I, I think I, she, she's, I think basically she said, I, I asked if you got an album. She looked at her tour manager or manager, whoever it is. And, and she's like, can I, can I talk about it? And I was like, yeah. And, I was like, and she said, yes, I've, I'm working on an album. And then I was like, what more can you tell us about it? And like another kind of look at the tour manager. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's going to have songs on it, you know. Well, it's because if she does drop it by this summer, it could be one of my albums of the summer. Because if it's anything to, if it's anything similar to Fresia Magdalena, what's Fresia Magdalena? Fresia Magdalena. She's got that really sort of soft, chilled, soft house. Like it's, you know, this. It's not like boom, boom, like hi yesterday. It's like, like really soft sort of beat and very melodic, very melancholy. I I I play a lot of her music in DJ sets and stuff. It's, Do it's, you? It's a very yeah. It's uh, at least the um, La Perla, I think, is the song. Yeah, La, that's the, the La Perla. That one I really love. It's got its progression and stuff, and it's it, it's really joyous, really positive. I love the fact that I don't know. I just imagine Peru, the Andes, and the and the Andes. Yeah, yeah. the and, the Andes, and and I don't know the Peruvian landscapes. I really love Peru. Oh, I've never been. I've never been. She yeah. would be really wanting. But um, she, she again, I really like the softness in her music as well. Yeah. Like she, because she uses her voice, particularly you know on, on yeah. that EP, she used her voice. And she, she was like talking about how you know she, she was playing like this this festival, you know, like full on like business techno. Basically, she didn't she didn't say <laughs> business techno because she was far too polite. But I reckon yeah. it was like business techno. You know what it's like. And then she was like, oh my god, I just wanted to introduce something a bit different. You know, something like a bit soft. You know, something a bit poppy. And I was like, yeah, you you did you did well. You because did well. Actually, I, I've like I've been to techno festivals. I'm not talking about the French uh, one. But I've been to techno festivals and. It does get to me in the end. I'm a bit like, okay, I'd quite like something a bit different now, you know? It's, uh, yeah, the idea of techno all the time, like 130 BPMs above and all the time, every stage, boom, 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 boom. Or doom, 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 doom. I, I like I like a little bit, well, like remember, you have all of a sudden all these different sounds, all these, it's what I like about the late hours of the, of the festival. It's usually reserved for DJs and more electronic acts, but there's such a wide array of styles within electronica that it's it's really inspiring um speaking of electronica who was the J electronica are you going there what no ah uh, no 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 playboy carty did you get i to didn't a... know but I... wow that was unexpected like i, I what for, was it like it was like new metal really he had like a metal guitarist like with the kind of metal like um chords like <laughs> Like like the kind of new metal chords, not like classic metal and stuff. Uh, and it was a very visual show. He had like strobe lighting going off all the time. He had the fire cannons blowing blowing fire, um, and and he was just yelling like he barely rapped. Like for a moment, the thing is, he I think he he came on stage forty minutes late, which at a festival means you don't get to make that time up afterwards. So it's only like a, he only had an hour. And Five minutes to, to play. So yeah, and, well, in, I think he was only going to have an hour in total or something. So then he had twenty minutes basically to, to to do it what he did, and it was he made the most of it. It was you could barely see him. It was his silhouette. It was a, the stage was filled with smoke. These strobe lights and the not strobe lights, but the sort of white white uh, white spotlights, yeah, yeah, flash, yeah, yeah. flashing lights, and the fire and stuff. So it was a cool visual experience, and 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 there was a whole theme. It was aggressive and with the trap beat like and, and the guitar. It's actually a, not a bad fusion. I wasn't that enthusiastic about rap metal back in the late 2000s, and 
I never had much patience for Limp Bizkit and all those bands, but trap metal, the the dark atmospherics of trap with like sort of dark dark guitar, uh, heavy guitars. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some of it is uh, it's okay. What did people reckon to it? Because if he was forty minutes late and then did something quite unusual, were people happy? Or people I don't have Twitter, but I imagine people were saying stuff. But but the people who were there at the show, uh, yeah, they were into it. They were they were they immediately got into his vibe. Playboy Cardis. I wish he had played on time because I've just remembered I was sort of wandering past it at that kind of time, and I was sort of looking for something to to, yeah. to watch. And um, yeah, uh, obviously he, he wasn't on on. At no, that point. Not at that point. Um, oh, do, do, you want some, do you want some news? It's, it's, yes. It's, it's bad news. Oh, no. Pink Panthress. No. Cancelled. Yeah. What happened? COVID. Uh, what is it that they say? Hang on, let me... Let me well, and, and and that was... And it was... Was it Clairo? Clairo, who, yeah. was also, who also fell this weekend. Oh, It's for health, health reasons. Health reasons. Um, uh, do you want to? Uh, I'll read the statement. Under doctor orders, I will not be able to perform Primavera this weekend due to hearing difficulties. I and my team want to express regret and apologies in the tough decision of pulling out. It comes after efforts made to amend any health issues and time didn't prevail. Uh, I was so looking forward to delivering music to any new or existing audiences and I sincerely hope to be back on stage as soon as possible in time for the summer. But to do that, I need to heal. Uh, lots yeah. of love and sincere apologies again. Pink. Um, so. Well, Mar will be okay then because she was going to have massive FOMO. She's 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 been wanting to see Pink Panthers the most, I think, out of most of the lineup. And uh, as I said, she hurt herself watching Bad Gyal last night, who played her second triumphant show. Uh, so, Mar, uh, no FOMO for you. Uh, Pink Panthers is cancelled. So, and we hope you make it. You, you can come into the afternoon, not to work, but to enjoy the festival in a, in a more chilled vibe. Anyway, um, it's a festival. There's 500 acts out of 500 or whatever the number is. I might be exaggerating, but no, I think it's five. No, it can't be 500. But, um, it could be 500 all in all. I mean, could. if you take like see with that and everything. In. Yeah, and like the DJs on the sort of smaller stages on, by the water and stuff. It could be 500. Like there's, well, there's a, 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 a very large amount of artists. So percentage wise, there's about, especially with the COVID thing that's still out there, there was going to be cancellations. I'm surprised there hasn't been more. We've been lucky. Touchwood, still two days, two nights ahead of us, and Touchwood, and there's the brunch electronic. Um, I mean, let, let's, be, let's be clear cancellations suck. It's always a shame. You know, yeah. people were looking forward to seeing Pink Panthers. I was looking forward to seeing Pink Panthers. But, like, I mean, it's a festival. I mean, even in, in not in COVID times, people cancel, yeah. you know? Um, but then you come to the festival and sometimes you miss out on the shows because there's so many things happening at once and stuff. So it's like, uh, you might not have seen them anyway if they hadn't cancelled because you were probably busy seeing such and such band on the other side of the, the forum and stuff. Well, you know? I've been seeing like on, on, on socials, a lot of people are being like, no, I was coming to Primavera just to see... Pink Panthers. Or Claro or, or whatever. And you're like, okay, really? I mean, I'm not, not saying... I mean, you can. I think you can get your money back. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Don't, I wouldn't no, I wouldn't say that, but, but without checking. And I'd need to check with our press department, but... Um, no, no, yeah, yeah. Let's not go down that route. No, I don't. I can't confirm that. I don't know. We we we're a terrible official. Well, I'm a terrible uh, spokesperson for Primera Sound because I don't know all the facts. I mean, we're not really official <laughs> spokespeople, are we? Like, no, but it is the, the Weekly Review likes to announce itself as the official <laughs> international art, uh, Primera Sound show. But um, but but there's a communications department who handles this, and you can check the website for any 
any kind of news updates or or their social media, the Twitters and the Instagrams. Um, as, as I should say, as a result of that, yeah. they've rescheduled two gigs on the Cooper stage. One is Tarquim, who is this Catalan jazz pianist. Oh. I think a pianist is really good. Really okay. good. I thoroughly recommend it. It's at, he's now at 10 to 6. Um, and it is, it's not quite the golden hour, but it's perfect sort of. For some nice. I was to say cocktail time. Is that cocktail time? Yeah, it's dinner, it's dinner clock. No, I don't know if you follow that, 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 that Twitter account. It's dinner clock where it's like fake posts from Queen Elizabeth saying, oh, it's dinner clock. Get, you know, get, get sorted, lads. You know, like <laughs> if the clean was some Larry guy from from some pub <laughs> it's gin o'clock um and then marina hurlop uh oh. 7 45 to 8 35 she was already playing on the, on the cobra yes yeah nice go and see marina hurlop go and I see thoroughly, marina hurlop thoroughly thoroughly recommend yeah uh, a bit of marina what, what are you looking forward to seeing today i mean I'm, I, I'm a bit stunned by the amount of things ben i realized that my my taste in primavera is is, is very stale and very old-fashioned like i'm really excited about seeing the strokes even though i i i expect that i i'm I expect them more to give a bit of a sloppy show because they have a bit of a sloppy thing about them. They've always had. Like sometimes they have sounded really tight and well rehearsed. Other times, they, you know, they, they... But that's always been the thing about the Strokes, like not, not caring too much and or at least pretending not to care too much and stuff. And, and sometimes that... In, in such a big stage with so many people wanting to see them you know I think sometimes Julian and, and co would prefer to be playing the Binance stage or the Cooper stage even like something just a bit more laid back rather than having the responsibility to lift all these people when it's not really their it's, it's never been their bag like they just happen to be headliners and stuff but they kind of I get the sense that they 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 wish they didn't have to do the things that you do when you you become a main stage act, where you have to really put out the pull out all the stops and and play some of the obvious hits to keep people going and stuff and maybe indulge yourself a little bit but usually not not straight from the plan. But I'm excited to see them and immediately after come running. We've already been like mapping out a strategy <laughs> to get here as soon as possible to the Cooper stage to see. The smile. Oh my word! Who we have just seen sound checking, and we've seen Tom York from afar. They wouldn't even let us like go to like watch them from the from the seats, the the amphitheater benches. And it's like, oh come on, management, let us just. What we're not going to record with the phones. We've signed NDAs. No, no, we haven't. Well, we signed some kind of NDAs. We can't yeah, that, yeah, like, we can't. You know, we we can't. If, just just ask nicely. Um, I love the smile, and I think that it's going to be one of the gigs of the night I'm, I'm a bit I think there's going to be a lot a lot of people it's because the thing what we think is going to happen is everyone is going to be at the strokes or a lot of people are going to be at the strokes and as soon as they finish everyone a lot of that audience is going to turn around and flood the Cooper stage which has a limited capacity you know it's not as endless as the main stages or you know even the Binance stage or the Toast stage where you you know you can you know it's it's this is what nice about the Cooper stage you you feel like you're enclosed in 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 an amphitheater an open air um, a, bit, I, a bit like the what's that famous one in the Fillmore? No, is it the Fillmore in that's in San Francisco or that massive sort of amphitheater in Hollywood? The Hollywood Bowl? Is oh, it? the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, it's yeah. got that kind of vibe, a little bit. Um, I was thinking more of the, the. Is it Red Rock? They have somewhere it's or like Red in Rock? That's yeah, like we're, a beautiful we're, place to see yeah. to see a band. Yeah, so so every a lot of people are going to want to see that, and there's going to be. I have a plan. 
Oh, are you, do you want to share it, or will it, will you then people will hear it and and copy your plan? Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll share it. I'll share it. Why not? Because it, it involves not seeing the strokes. Oh, bastard! I'm, I'm gonna, that, 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 that's a bad start. Okay, what what does it involve then? It involves going to see a bit of the Jesus and Mary chain yeah. and a bit of Priya Ragu. Okay, um, and then. You'll all be nice and close to the Cupra. You won't be coming back from the Australia then. Particularly, Jesus and Mary Chain on Binance. Just, just like next Ah, it's on Binance. Exactly. And they're playing Darkland. Oh. And I put it to you, Johan. Yeah. The Jesus and Mary Chain are a more important band in rock history than the Strokes. Hmm. I uh, wouldn't say more. They, you know, they definitely uh, ushered in shoegaze you could argue that because they were going before all the sort of bands that that became labeled as shoegaze you know they had they were more fuzzy jesus and mary chain it wasn't really shoegaze it was more fuzzy guitar distortion and stuff but so they've been very influential and very important but i think they they were still more cult like how many bands started in the wake of the strokes like the Strokes sort of broke out in 2001, caught fire, you know, and and well, you know, they were they were happening before, but 2001 was when Is This It was released, and by 2003 there were so many the bands, the vines, the hives, the well, I mean, some of these bands had been existed before, but but all of a sudden, music press and everyone just went wild for this new rock revolution that kind of began with the Strokes. I mean, according to Lizzie Merce, Lizzie. Um, Lizzie Goodman's book, right. Meet Me in the Bathroom, you know, she, she, it's an oral history speaking to all the movers and shakers from that period, all the, all the musicians, all the bands who, who were part of that New York scene and the London scene. Um, it's, everyone says it, it's like it was the strokes. We saw that these guys were just playing it, you know, not as ambitious as some of the bands that were like being really cheesy and really, you know, after in the wake of new metal. And the Strokes were like, yeah, whatever, you know, laid back and, and, and sloppy and stuff. And they were so cool about it and, and that album. That album, you know, it's such a solid album full of hits. It, do, you, do you know what I really remember from the time of The Strokes? It's like I was uh, really into dance music at the time. I'm still at yeah. Salam. But like, you know, in the 90s, like dance music was sort of the cool thing, you know, and it's like yeah. rock music. Well, I just wanted to listen to rock music. Yeah. And then like sort of around the time The Strokes came out, like it was about 2000, wasn't it? Dance music was a bit getting a bit stale. Yeah. And suddenly came along this rock band. It's like, oh my God, they're like the, the coolest the thing coolest ever. The coolest thing like, ever. It was like... I, I, it is no exaggeration to say that they utterly sort of revived rock, which is crazy. It is, and 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 people don't let them forget that. Like some, they keep every time they play Primavera, it's kind of Primavera's booking team tries to create a context. The last time they played, it's because it was I think it was ten years since the was it two thousand and eleven? I think if I'm not mistaken, it was two thousand and eleven. So it no, was kind of played since then. I'm pretty sure. Yes, they. The I think they've played twice Primavera Sound. I think they've played twice. They've played Spain countless times and all the other festivals and stuff. But Primavera, I think twice, and one of it was a year that they also headlined with Interpol that night, and it was kind of creating context. Like it's been like a ten-year um, kind of date since Is This It came out and all that happened in New York, and it kicked off such a large creative movement that that was the context that time. And I feel that this year that they're playing alongside Interpol and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, you know, the three New York bands par excellence, uh, I think they're still being lumped with that thing of, you, you know, it's your heritage. You have to come and represent that moment in, in music history. 
rather it's, than oh you've you're you know your your new last album has really ignited a new mm. phase in the strokes i don't think it has it's a good album the new abnormal but it's, you know business as usual this is one thing i really like about good festival programming is you can see lots of through lines through it so like you can see okay you've got the strokes yeah yeah and interpol it's like that you know new yeah. york 2000s thing or you can see okay you've got jesus mary chain ride and slow dive it's like here's that that slow dive you know that that, that shoegazing the, the, yeah. thing or you can be like, well, we've got like A.G. Cook and Charlie XCX. And, you know, there, there's, you the, know, the... The, the hyper-pop. Exactly, PC music, that kind PC of thing. Music and it, it's, a, it's a kind of brilliant thing, I think, to basically, you know... Yeah, just to, to, to be able to do that, to be able to sort of trace different lines and, and give kind of context. I've got to say, I've been on a bit of a... Uh, well, I've definitely been on a shoegazing tip. I mean, I've seen Ride twice. I saw yeah. Slow Dive. I'm gonna twice go. in one week. How was Slow Dive? Well, I saw them. I didn't see them yesterday. I saw them um, at the uh, Rasmataz in the Ceuta, and they were oh. so good. I love Slow Dive. I really, really I love them. I love Slow Dive, and I've never seen them in a venue, always at fe a festival. I mean, I would really, really, really recommend it because they... Um, it is weird. Some people were complaining about the sound, and because I was... Recording it, I was right next to the sound desk, and the sound it sounded really good to me. You know how they have that kind of like guitar, like sweet guitar rush. Yeah. And like, Whoa! They yeah, they it's... they had that, and it was it was kind of <sighs> beautiful, and you could hear the vocals coming through. And oh my god! And and also the songs, like the new album, that well latest album, yeah, is really good. Apparently they have they do have a new album on the way. Oh well, I love the the their comeback album. Uh, it was uh, it was very good. It was it was one of the best albums from a band that had reformed after many years of inactivity. In the sense of it, oh, you don't hear that very often. Well, for various reasons, I was recently trying to think of um, bands who had done that who'd come back with a really really good album, and it's like where well, you got Slow Dive, Suede, maybe yes, and like Ride came out with a couple of really good albums. Yeah. Um, but I mean. Bless their cotton socks, but the Pixies, I wouldn't say their their recent albums have been yeah, it's a trickier thing. They're, they've been all right. They're, they're, yeah. They've been you know fine, um, pretty good. But are there mm. any other ones you can think of? My my mind's playing tricks on me. My mind is mush. Um, what bands that have made a, a decent comeback album? Um, yeah, they're kind of reformed. Everyone's been like, you know, we're gonna. Um... Oh, New Order. New Order. Their most recent album was really good. And hang on, but didn't they? One of the times they split up was it Republic? They came back with, or no? It was the Waiting for the Sirens call, wasn't? Well, no, it's, it's hard to know when exactly New Order split up, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? I mean, I've, I've, I think they just have fights after every tour, and they 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 kind of fire Peter Hook every time. And well, now he's been gone for a while. You know, he's got his own thing. What's it called? Peter Peter Hook and the. And, and the light is it? And, and, he's, light. and he's playing Joy Division songs. And, and he like, actually does have the baritone, you know, the Ian Curtis kind of baritone. It sounds, you know, it doesn't sound like he's mimicking or, or you know, trying to rip off or cash in on, on the illusion that Kurt, Ian Curtis is still singing from above. Uh, no, no, it's it's a dignified thing, you know. It's it's still good to it's it, you know it was the coolest. New Order are so cool in general. I love Bernie Sumner. I love um, Gillian and and. Stephen Morris, but it's always been hooky. Seeing Peter Hook play the low slung bass and and the the sound of his bass, damn it! I I was really disappointed. Gorillas didn't play the the track that they have with Peter Hook. Oh, oh high tide, high tide. What's it called? Do you know it breaks my heart that New Order can't get back together because they all seem really cool. Hang on, know? but isn't New Order still going on without Peter Hook? Yes. Oh, yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. They but do. But no, that's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. Like New Order, um, I've seen them once when. 
Jillian wasn't in there because I oh, think yeah. she was looking after their child. Yeah. And it was really great. And I've seen the ones when uh, Jillian was there, but Peter Hook wasn't. And uh-huh. it was really great. But it was like, oh, I mean, I mean no, obviously I want to see them with, with all of the kind of people present. But also it's just because like, come on, you've been through so much. You've been through, like, I've read uh, Peter Hook's book about New Order. And you're like, oh my God, you've been through so much. Like, and so many bad things happened and you kept on going and you, you know, you yeah. lost all your money and then come on, like, don't, don't, don't sue each other. You know, it's like, I, Be I, nice. <laughs> I get where you're pissed off with each other, but you know, um, what about interviews today? Uh, should we, we've got like, as I mentioned, we've got Priya Raghu uh, in about 12 minutes. Should be. Oh, 12 minutes. Okay. She's on her way. Um, what else? I don't, I, I, right. I, I haven't checked my, hang on here. I've got it. I've got it here. Uh, Dorian Electra, which we're not doing actually. That's going to be Alvi. Alvi's doing Dorian Electra, uh, and I think he's also going to be interviewing Tenta Tsai, who is a, 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 a Madrid-based musician of Chinese origin. He does a little bit of hyper pop, and you know, he's, he's he's always being a strong advocate for um, LGBTQ rights and 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 the and the and queer the queer collectives. Because um, he came to give a chat in Primavera Pro. About ah, right. His, so he he'll be in to be a, he'll be interviewed. Uh, I don't want to say the TBC one in case we we curse it, but um, Danielle Harl, oh, uh, Danny, our huge God Danny, returns. our God returns. Um, I would have loved the idea. I, I like the idea of staying to watch his, but he's he's closing the Cooper States tonight. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Who's Marta Knight? I keep seeing her name everywhere. She's from Catalonia, isn't she? She is. She's this. I I I think I've mentioned her a few times. She's this Catalan. Uh, singer songwriter kind of makes indie music that sounds a bit like Britpop. In That's fact, she, it. she she loves she loves Britpop. We spoke about this. You told you told me about this that she's got a Britpop fixation. And you know, I, I mean, her name is not Knight, as you might imagine. Her name is actually you know, um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know her actual name, but it's like <laughs> uh, she sings in English and uh, she's got this name which like makes me think oh Martin and she's got really really good songs. She's I think she's opening like. The whole thing today. I think she's like that first act on. Let's see. Let's see. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Four forty-five. Uh, we go. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's anything on before that. That's a good hour. Yeah. Well, I. Do you know what? I really like the first seeing the first person on. I really like it. The first person on a stage. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like the very first band because right. it's like. I guess I'm quite used to the UK when, like, you know, festivals start at eleven in the morning. Mm. Um. And uh. So by four, I'm quite. I'm quite ready to. To see to see something, um, and Martina is going to be playing, uh, and then she's going to be coming. I wonder if her real name is Marta Caballero, and because Caballero, apart from gentleman, also is the way the, the the Spanish word for knight, like a knight in shining armor or a knight of the round table. Um, I, I did wonder that. I don't. Uh, I, I, no, I, sometimes they do that. Like Spanish artists, they'll take because Spanish surnames sometimes are like n- names of a profession or a, or a, or a you know the name of someone. Yeah, yeah. Or not someone, as in a per- you know, like uh, if like a knight or or a shoemaker, no, a zapatero, <laughs> like the the former president, or uh, I don't know, um, Ferre- no, 
uh, well, anyway, uh, I can't think of any more examples. My, as I say, my mind is a little bit like a potato puree. It's been passed through a sieve like Alain Ducasse or like Robuchon. But you know, you know what we have? What do we have? Priya. Ragu. Priya Ragu is in the studio in a few minutes. We're Should we put listen. on a song? Let's put on a song. Let's warm up. I think my tech, Andre 3000, has some Priya Ragu for us. Prima Beta Sound 2022. Proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to Radio Primavera Sound, and it is a real privilege to have with us for our first interview, interview of the day, Priya Ragu. Uh, Tamil food? Swiss singer-songwriter yes. who, um, I, I, this is a true, true story. When we were looking through the Primavera Sound Bill, we were, we, were, we were looking for things. I'm not even sure if it was when this one was announced or when years ago was announced. 
Johan came in and he was like, I, I, I found the person to, to listen to. And we're like, okay, who? And he's like, Priya Raghu. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. I've, I've heard that name. Um, and uh, we listened and we, we were just kind of blown away. And we played Lockdown quite a lot on the radio because, you know, yeah. obvious yeah, reasons. Lockdown. Yeah, yeah. It became an anthem. Amazing. And that's oh, man. I'm getting emotional here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell us, tell us. I mean, uh, you know, you, 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 this is the good thing about Primavera. You're one, uh, like a new artist to what? What What drew you to become a musician? Um, God, <laughs> I would say. I just, um, it was always like within me, music. And um, for the longest time, I was just like, um, not really paying attention to it. Um, I mean, my safe job, uh, eight to five job for the longest time and I did music on the side. I did PVs for uh, local Swiss artists or mm. featurings. But uh, I never had like the confidence to do my own music. So it took years for me to do that step. Am I am I confusing things? Is it your was your family quite musical? Like am I Yeah, my my father he didn't study music but he he was like musically very talented. He'd play at home, right? Yeah. With your plays, uncles as well, right? Right. He plays the tabla and he's also a singer. And back in Jaffna, um, he, he played in front of a lot of people. And uh, he told me this story only recently. So, of, of course, he didn't want me to pursue music because it was not, not a safe job. Yeah, it's a job. So um, yeah. So, um, but now he's like coming out with these stories and I, I see so many similarities and also now we're able to bond on a different level because we speak the same language now, you know? Before we, I'm like, I don't know what to talk to my father about. It's like, you know. Because you did the good thing. You you first went to, you know, you, you got your degree or something. You were working in air, airplane or air, something to do with the yes. airports or? Uh, I was working for Swiss Airlines as a it. technical purchaser. I was buying that's aircraft it. parts. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, buying aircraft parts. I, I, is... I saw this. I was like, what on earth is a technical purchaser? I'm glad yeah, yeah, yeah. But did, did you think, was there, was there a point when you, when you did you always think you were going to kind of make it in music? At that? No, Even never, when... never. Because I was born and raised in Switzerland. And then I thought, I never thought about going international because no, nobody did it like that, you know, out of Switzerland. So, um, so I thought my market is in Switzerland. So if I do R&B music, it's really small. And then I do R English R&B. Swiss people would like, yeah, I would, I would listen to UK or music from the States. Why would I listen to a Swiss artist singing, singing in, English? in English? Top of that, I'm a, I'm a brown person. So... Everything, it was just like um, a hindrance, I think, you know, that's yeah. why it took me a long time to do something because um, I felt like there's no real chance for me in the music world in Switzerland. And how did it happen? How did, because I imagine, is, is there a like tight network of like people who are scouting talent? Are there labels? No, it was um, my brother, Jaffna Gold. He is um, my producer. Mm -hmm songwriter and um, we just felt like okay maybe it can't be a coincidence that you're a producer and I'm a singer why don't we just work together and um, before that it was always like that's yeah, uncool to work with your brother uh, and then be on tour and blah blah <laughs> Billy Eilish <laughs> yeah Phineas <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but then we eventually made one song 
And that song, um, uh, the biggest radio stations in Switzerland played it right away. And then from then onwards, it just, I was like in a momentum. Yeah. I was like, I really invested all the money that I um, got from Swiss Airlines, you know, yeah. uh, in music. So I um, made music videos, uh, you know, I did and the mixing and mastering and all that. It was all on me. So I, and I really invested in myself. Um, and now it really paid off. And I didn't think that it's going to pay off this quickly, you know. I thought I, thought I had to do like a few albums to get recognized or yeah. to be played by radio. But it happened really quick. Yeah. But can I ask, like, I'm really interested in working with, with, with your brother. Like, do you, do you argue like about who gets the final say? Is it, what's the relationship like when you're working? No, no. I mean, um, on the first song, it was difficult because he had like a different musical view. Mm. And... Um, and I, I wanted to do more like jazzy stuff mm. and uh, soul. And it was like, it took time to really find our own sound. And I was not really open enough for it. So the first song, it was Leave High. So you can hear the jazzy influence on that song. And um, after that, because we had like a long back and forth and it was just not flowing and it took a long time to create one song. I thought maybe, you know what? I'm just going to tell him, I'm going to trust you. Do what you got to do. And then we see how it comes. And then and then on Lighthouse, the song, he, mm. in the middle of the song, he's like, okay, let's let's flip it. Let's flip it and make a Ghana beat out of it. And then the whole Tamil influence came in. And yeah, because I was open for it, it just flowed. Yeah. And Oh, sorry, gone. No, speaking of the jazz influence, uh, is it true that you picked some of this up? You you took some of your savings from working in airlines to go and live in New York, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, just six months. Yeah. Because not because I wanted to connect with people or make it happen in New York, but more um, to write songs. I just wanted to be in that city, yeah. get the vibe, and my goal was just to write ten songs. Yeah. And then come back to Switzerland. And then I wasted all my money, came back. Wasted, no. I mean... Invested. In, right. Yeah, right. Invested. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came back to Switzerland and then Swiss Airline, they offered me a job again. Yeah. So I was like, yes, let's do it. And then I did music and Swiss Airlines at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And I quit my job actually last year. What? Congratulations. Well, yeah. Did, did, right, I'm sorry, I've, you, you mentioned... It's quite often Swiss Airlines comes up um, when you're talking about your music. So obviously you you were working there. Has anyone from Swiss Airlines ever got in touch and said, "I have a you know free, oh, a free flight, flight or, you know endorsing yeah, us?" You think like I'm feeling pretty good about Swiss Airlines. From yeah, uh, not yet. No. Okay, that's. That but maybe we should we should have a conversation about it. <laughs> but what I mean, I'm totally uh, ignorant. What's the scene? Uh, are are were you from? Were you based in Zurich or what part of Switzerland? Uh, St. Gallen. So it's like one hour from Zurich. And was there a, as, as I say, was there a healthy network of venues to listen to more underground music or, you know, not just like the commercial stuff? Like, is there a, yeah, yeah. a I scene? Mean, there is a scene, but it's like really small. Yeah, I imagine. And um, so that's why I moved from Zengalen to Zurich mm. to uh, be connected with other musicians. And um, at one point I was like, um, I got together with, another musician, he was playing guitar and drums at the same time with his feet. Huh. 
And we used to do a lot of cover songs um, at people's backyard and birthdays for no money, but like for a free haircut or... Experience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And because I was so really shy to perform in front of people and that really helped me to break that ice. And have you, uh, uh, has the ice well and truly broken? How do you feel? I mean, tonight you're going to be playing to uh, several thousand people. Yes. Yeah. But are you are you entirely over kind of shyness? Are you do you like playing to large crowds? Yeah, I mean, I open up for Jungle. Um, oh, of course, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tall, yeah. And then you know that was thousands of people, and um, I just felt like okay, I, just, I have no choice. I just have to do it. <laughs> you just go out there, and then until we start with the first song, I'm like super nervous. And um, but once I'm on stage. Uh, everything's like connected and then it just goes. Yeah. And you work with Jungle as well? Yes, yes. We have a song together. What was that like? I, I, I was trying to work out and this is me being stupid. Which came first, the song or the tour? The song was first. Right, yeah. right. How, so how did it come about? Because in 2020, I got signed. I found a management team which was separate to Warner and they managed Jungle as well. Ah. Right. So... It was funny, like before I even got in contact with them, um, I was a Jungle fan. I was like obsessed. I was looking for interviews and, <clears throat> and checking out everything. And then once they contacted me that they want to work with me, um, I checked the roster and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> they have Jungle. And yeah. so, yeah. And, and, and then one day Jungle contacted me and we're like, let's hit the studio. I mean, very soon after... I got the deal, yeah. I, I want to ask about MIA. Yes. Because um, you said she was an inspiration to you, right? When, when, you were, when you were growing up. I would say, not musical inspiration, I would say, but she was the pers first person I saw on TV that looked like me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really look up to her, like her persona and yeah. how outspoken she is and what she did for um, our people in Sri Lanka yeah. you know yeah. for Tamililam and um, yeah it's, it's very powerful and um, yeah. it's amazing what she does and I really really want to see her yeah. perform tonight so I, I was mean, looking uh, and uh, your your gig I think it overlaps with her by like 10 minutes so you're going to have oh to my God. absolutely right yeah you finish at uh, let me see yeah 5 minutes Five minutes, Five minutes, and then you, you can you can. Well, you, I gotta run then. Well, you yeah. can right after my performance. Tell your tour manager to make sure there's a van or a, or a transfer waiting for you yeah. right backstage, so that you can just say thank you, everyone. Thank you, Barcelona. Yeah. See you next time. I'm and gonna see Emma now. <laughs> and uh, keep the motor running and, and and get you get driven straight to the backstage to be able to see Emma yes. up close and personal. Well, oh I'm just God. gonna say one word. Yeah. Collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. Magic happens at this festival. So many people become friends and all of a sudden a song is born three yeah. months later. I mean, that would be amazing, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she risks so much of her career, you know, being in America, the, the yeah. perception of the Tamil uh, resistance and stuff, you know, you know, there's always that Western perception, which uh, is, 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 a, is not... The one, it's not the right or wrong perception it's a perception yeah. and, and she's been very vocal and that has hindered a little bit of her, her, her success in the States or her career she got she got kind of listed 
Well, and also when she flipped the finger on the Super Bowl, that oh, really... That, that oh, was, yeah, that, that, was, that was... so pathetic, wasn't that it? That was so... I mean... Didn't they try to find her, like, a million dollars or yeah. something? Yeah. Like, come on. Something ridiculous, you know, and, and there's that documentary of her and when she, like, comes off stage, she's like, oh, I flipped the finger. Yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah, exactly. there's... Like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting a bollocking. And then, like, it starts to set in, like, wow, this is really serious. Like, I really pissed off the wrong people. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Western music, I hear your parents were a bit opposed to Western music. Is that right? Yeah. And I how? Mean, and what? At what point did they say, you know what, you you you're too good. Yeah, we we like it. Or do they just still recently. don't like? It? <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, um, no. yeah. As a teenager, I was not allowed to watch MTV. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nelly was on TV, and they're like, and "What kind did, of music video is this?" And where would you get the the R and B influences if? If you weren't watching, would you would you listen to radio stations? And yeah, I was like, I think my biggest hobby was like digging for music, good music, and um, and my friends they they weren't like listening to the same music, but it, I was just like in my own world. So I my brother was playing Donny Hathaway mm. in his um, Kinderzimmer, <laughs> and then I was like, who was that? He's like. That's my artist. I'm not going to share it with you. Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. That's harsh. We had a competition going on. Who listens to the better artist? Oh, so who did you bring out to, to trump him? Oh, good question. I would say... I'm not sure, actually, because he's older than me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Me and my sister... But had- then I, I hacked his computer and found out it was Donny Hathaway. And ever since... I'm a huge Donny Hathaway fan, <laughs> and also Lauren Hill. Yeah, Lauren Hill. Yeah. What did you What did you take from Lauren Hill? Was it? I mean, a lot of people are in, in, inspired by her. Was it the sort of emotional directness? What What was it you liked particularly about her? I think it's just um, the tone of her voice, mm. and um, it just connects with you differently from, you know, comparing to all the other artists out there. It's just. Um, very magical and spiritual about it, you know, when you listen to her music. And um, unfortunately, she didn't come out with another album. No, there was that MTV Unplugged one, but that was... Yeah, um, Unplugged, yeah. That, that, that was, yeah. So I, I mentioned we'd been playing Lockdown um, a lot on the radio. It, it's, I mean, it's a great song, but also it's, it seemed kind of appropriate, appropriate. at the time. Um, what was the story behind it? Lockdown... Um, Oh, I mean, it was during lockdown, obviously. Mm. And um, it was just my brother, he sent me the beat. And um, he was working on another song in, in the other room. And I was working on lockdown. And somehow we, I mean, I wrote the song so quickly. And um, it's basically about, I was just thinking about the people that cannot be alone, you know. They, mm. they always have to have somebody around them or a relationship all the time. So what are they doing during a phase like that, during lockdown? You know? Yeah. We've heard some horror stories, just of the loneliness. Yes. You know, and it's like, wow, it's it's really hard for some people. And uh, sorry, another song, Good Love 2.0, is about your parents? Is that correct? Uh, No. No? It's just about uh, wishful (sighs) thinking, having a good love in your life. (laughs) Uh, apology. So, um, you're, you're playing tonight at uh, 
11.30. 11.30 we go stage. Over there. Yeah. Um, a really cool stage. What's it going to be like? What can we expect? Do you bring stage settings and, I don't know, like decoration? No, we don't have budget for that yet. But. <laughs> not yet, not yet, not yet. No, it's nice to keep it simple. No, I'm, I'm here with the band. My brother plays the synth bass. Um, Ricky on the guitar. David drums. Teresa on keys. And we're just going to have a good time. And I would, I would think it would be like, I don't know how is it going to be. You know, it's always different. And, um, but people will take something from it. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, and we spoke earlier um, off mic about, about the gig you played before with Georgia Smith. And you said, one of the, one of the best gigs you played? I'm not yes, yes. I played it on Wednesday. Yeah. I forgot the name of the venue, but... Um, it was packed and we just played before Georgia Smith and um, yeah, the crowd was going off, yeah. you know, and I feel like the people here really get the music huh. and they really understand it and um, and they reacted always on the special parts of the songs and I was like, yes. Oh, the, the bits you, you meant yeah. them to react to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be great. Yeah. Really great. And, and did you get to meet Georgia Smith uh, or hang out or… Um, no, we went right after the show. We oh. just um, left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we're a boring band. We just go straight home. Not tonight, though. Not tonight. Tonight, no, no, no. Straight to the MIA show, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to have you to have you with us. Thank 11.30, you so much. we go. Um, do what she's going to do and go and see her, then go and see M MIA. And you can miss the first five minutes of MIA. It's, it, it's fine. <laughs> Great. Cool. Thank you, Priya. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, uh, uh. Did I dream about you? Mm -hmm.